0: But he grows up, like he he grows up, and he goes back to the cult, and he kills a few of them. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's like there's videos of YouTube of like his final speech, and it's like fucking Batman, like the <laughs> dude's going back, no, genuinely going back to get revenge, like a fucking film. And so that was cool, the fact that he went that back. That is cool, them. yeah, yeah. You <laughs> yeah, know what? Fair play, like yeah, how.
1: like he's like also like psychotic, but like you know what? fair fair enough like you I can be, give him that. you can be yeah. like psychotic and also like be doing all the things you're doing for a good reason like there's this I don't, I don't know if you've seen previews for this but they're right now they're teasing this movie called death wish and it's just everyone is talking about it uh as a film like why are they making this it's just bruce willis you know his family gets killed by someone and then he just goes and like takes vigilante revenge on like every minor criminal that he sees. And everyone's like, Oh yeah. Like check out this film about someone who takes the law into his own hands. Like, no, this is a film about a regular person who has a, like a total psychotic break after his family is murdered in front of him. And he goes crazy and thinks that he, the only justice in the world is justice that he makes for himself, and lit- I mean, like he's a serial killer. He's not a hero. He's a man, fucking <laughs> at at a, at a is actually psych- psychotic and is murdering people. That's what he's doing. Like, he's not. It's not. It's, it's really. It's just incredibly strange that we've got to this place where, like, yeah, like you. Get, I mean, where people confuse empathizing with why someone does stuff with feeling like that's actually a heroic motivation like i get why that guy killed all those people but like i'm not i don't it's not a good thing that he killed all those people you know what i'm saying
0: like the punisher it's like how the punisher has always been a character people think is really cool and he is really cool but that's not the point it's the point is that he's fucked in the head completely
1: mentally unstable like he had psychosis like it's (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's not so, so bad. That. Hello and welcome to last week's football for this week. Um I chose Gabe Bledra and I am joined by my man, James Rushton. How you doing, buddy?
0: oh good man thanks for uh, having me on uh, just uh, on air i thanked you off there but yeah thanks for mentioning the villa video i did with aston villa who took me to that away game at fulham uh yeah you gave it a little shout out so yeah, thank you appreciate as well as you that, go
1: check that out. Cool. i mean it, it looked like a hell's a, a good time i mean you got to go i mean they did they didn't win <laughs> but like no. regardless like you got to go and actually go to i mean fulham is an awesome place to go watch a game too
0: yeah, definitely. And if anyone wants to come down to Aston Villa, any listeners want to come down to Aston Villa Villa Park, I'll happily show you around. So, Hell yeah, man! I'm gonna. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm coming to. I'm coming to uh, Europe in uh, in April, actually. So maybe I'll hit you, hit you up, man. What's up? Um, uh, so yeah, we're not we're not joined by Evan, who is actually still at work. Um, but in reality, Evan has just you know absconded. Uh and and uh he's gone. So he's no longer on the show. It's just me now. No, I mean he's at work. So he'll be back uh, at some point. But we have a I mean we have a lot to talk about. This um this week has been a little bit uh a little bit intense in terms of the uh drama surrounding some of the a little bit esoteric like American soccer stuff, James. So just Okay. <laughs> I hope you're I hope but like the coolest thing about it is the way that it's dumb. Uh, American soccer shit which is like extremely On brand for me and Evan but also How it (laughs) intersects with Dumb FIFA shit which is On brand for all of us so um, Let's just jump in So uh, last (laughs) show On the last show we talked about how Seth Blotter had decided to Insert himself uh, In the World Cup Bidding process uh, And kind of out of the blue Just tweeted his support for the Morocco World Cup bid, um, it was pretty bananas and didn't make doesn't make a lot of sense why his lawyers would allow him to involve himself. Evan speculated this because uh, he doesn't want a World Cup in the United States, because he, if he were to cu- try to come to the United States, he would be arrested, which I think is not that <laughs> that that insane. Uh, but yeah, regardless, he did that. And then the funniest and the reason this we're talking about it now is that. Two days, not like it was days after he tweeted that uh, we get this story on ESPN. United States led 2026 World Cup bid in jeopardy to Morocco's sources. Um, and be- <laughs> It's amazing how how Sep somehow somehow knew that maybe maybe the United States wasn't going to win this. Um, shocking. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is basically regular dude FIFA stuff.
0: Yeah, uh, Set Black can insert himself into a lot of things because he's a genet- gelatinous, water-based freak fuck. Who <laughs> is like... uh yeah? <laughs> he's like that it's...
1: dude in the X Men, um, the first X Men movie, who gets uh, zapped by the Magneto power and uh, <laughs> the power yeah, that turns everyone. It just and just dissolves, like shoves himself into. You know, little, little spaces because he's just a fucking actual cube of jello of a human being. The literal embodiment of the smell of fucking flop sweat. He is just awful.
0: Yeah, I really, I really despise the man. Um, uh, thankfully, I've had my deal. No, I'm not even thankful. We've, in, in England, we've had our dealings with set Uh We weren't that corrupt enough to outbid Russia for the 2018 World Cup, so we lost it. <laughs> <laughs> and we lost the 2022 one to Qatar, apparently. Um. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's complete bullshit, isn't it, <laughs> to, yeah, I mean, to be I mean, blunt?
1: Like, it is. And the United States also lost the 2022 World Cup. And Sepp Blatter called uh, Obama the day before that voting. I don't know if you saw that. The, the day before the voting was announced, he called Obama and said, yeah, you guys didn't win, which is like incredible power move to feel like. He just fucking calls the president of the United States like that's that's cool. Like oh, oh by the way, I already have the result. Like you guys aren't going to win. Sorry,
0: FIFA is such such a bad organization from like, top to bottom. Uh, it's interesting seeing the US soccer kind of things, the pro real kind of stuff you're talking about. Yeah, because it's it's almost like from an outside perspective watching the game of football. Being invented again okay
2: yeah. <laughs> like everyone's
0: just discussing all these rule changes and stuff it's quite insane <laughs> to see well i mean but, like, uh, yeah fuck that's FIFA.
1: Why, oh fuck fifa that's why we made this show partially because we thought it was really funny that like every time anyone in this country started like having this sport be a national conversation you'd get like 50 think pieces by you know these kind of crusty shitty american sometimes it wasn't even like like sports writers they would just be politics writers or whoever writing these articles about like well you know uh everyone, as we know, everyone hates this sport and this is how you could change it. And it would, it would always just be like, here's what you could do. Uh, you could make the goals twice as large. You could turn the ball into a football paint lines on the field, have everyone wear pads and hit each other. Then everyone would like it. Everyone in the world would like it. If we turned it into American football, because <laughs> American football is the most watched sport in the world. Uh, but yeah, so that's literally why we made this show. Uh, and the, I mean, you know, you kind of previewed it a little bit there, uh, but I, I mean, even more funny than the way that Seth Blotter is just comically comic book villain corrupt uh, is the fact that people in this country have been just hilarious in response to this. So like, as you said, the, the, there's a big fight. How are we going to do promotion, relegation, all this stuff? Do we want to guarantee owners like returns on their team, that kind of stuff, which is very much the American way we do this bullshit with uh, controlling salaries and all that bullshit. So, but uh the way that people have responded to the news that the United States bid was in trouble is extremely funny. So for example, uh, this is an actual professional soccer team uh, tweeted at Set Blatter and at FIFA. <laughs> Just the image of Morocco 2026, 2026 FIFA World Cup in Morocco. Uh, hashtag ProRel for USA. Hashtag no soup for USSF. And if you actually think about what they're doing, like, can you imagine at this point how big a World Cup would be in this country? Like, this is just – this sport is just taking off here, and this is an actual team. This isn't even, like, a, a partisan. This is from FC Alexandria, Virginia.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so much. It,
1: it would come at the perfect time
0: It's 2026 20, for the U.S. because – you guys have got such a soccer boom going on. You're making new MLS teams are popping up every every season. <laughs> Fan bases, you know, teams like Atlanta United aren't just doing well in America. They are coming. You know, people in Europe are following these teams. It's it's a big deal. Right? Um, maybe maybe the time zones will be bad for people in europe i don't know they'll figure a way out it's capable it should happen i mean maybe i'd like a world cup in morocco but i think the united states canada and mexico should certainly have some kind of chance in a fair and just election (laughs) to go head to head fairly with morocco (laughs) rather than chucking briefcases at each other
1: it's i mean this is what the funniest thing about it is that like these people are all basically all saying and i have a couple more tweets i think are really funny but they're all basically saying we shouldn't reward the united states for uh corruption and rigging their corporate election uh and we shouldn't reward that by giving them the World Cup. And like anyone who knows anything about FIFA knows that if the United States gets the World Cup, it's because of the corruption that they did in getting the World Cup. It's not, it has nothing to do with anything else. Like the only way that like if Morocco gets this World Cup, which is what these idiots all want, the reason they got the, that the World Cup is because they were better at corruption than the United States. <laughs> like that. That's, that, that's it.
0: The only you know one of the factors probably involved in it is that the U.S. does not look good on the outside. It's it's not winning a lot of friends as it on the world scene. So that's maybe a factor. But
1: <laughs> well, yeah, not, no, that's right. Know, it's yeah. not like we're like the United States is a really exciting tourist destination right now with uh, the way yeah. our, our fucking garbage fire of a country is looking, but. I mean, ultimately, it's all about money, and exactly the, like, they're just it, the idea that anything has changed since the scandals that we've discussed, like with Ernesto, like all this time. I mean, I don't know if you uh, were following the trial, but there was a guy, uh, and we've discussed this on the last. Show, we've discussed this a fair amount, but there's this guy in in one of the trials who is uh, one of the directors of the South American Federation. He literally from. Uh, from the the defendant's table looked at a witness who was testifying and did a throat-slitting gesture at him. Like, it's incredibly ganged up and metal.
0: Isn't that like Al Chapo promising like swearing on his mother's grave that he wouldn't shoot or kill any of the jury members? Yeah. He yeah. just <laughs> wanted to know where they he just wanted to know where they lived.
1: So we don't need like, an anonymous jury. Like I, I won't I promise I won't kill any of them. I just wanna just know. Just let me know
0: where they live. <laughs> right, I
1: won't kill any of them. Like and I just need to know where they and their families live. <laughs> yeah, that's it.
2: That's I won't kill fast. any
1: of them. It's so I mean, it's so corrupt. And then so, for example, uh, this would come at a great time for the United States. If you are if you are a professional or a team trying to like draw a local fan base uh, and trying to encourage people to like your sport, this uh, like being against the United States getting the World Cup. If you're an American team with all that, it it is so mind mind-boggling, mind bogglingly counterintuitive because. If the World Cup comes to the United States, this is a team from Virginia, there would be a World Cup game in D.C. And that would encourage, you know, we know from the uh, as a fact that huge, huge youth soccer recruitment is driven by the World Cup. Even when it's not in this country, you have more kids signing up to play and following teams like that is an actual fact. And so if you're. Like, if you can combine, like, the team, like, the, the actual games being an hour from your home stadium and uh, that huge boom that you would get regardless, like, it's just, it's insane. It's bananas. I can't, I just don't understand.
0: Speaking of insane, mate, I'm on the outline, and there's something about another World Cup. Isn't there the one coming about Russian drugs? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We <laughs> this is fucking that one insane. It's so good. This is, okay, so... <laughs> This is even funnier. So uh according to <laughs> according to a intricacy of Russian law, uh if you have a valid uh basically a doctor's note, you can carry um heroin, cocaine, uh or weed or like literally any pill not just into the Russia properly, but actually into the stadiums. Actually yeah. into the stadiums of the World Cup.
0: <laughs> I get weed i get cannabis i get pills and to make sense i get cocaine and um, heroin and opioids f- should be nowhere near a football stadium i gotta tell you i'm actually the-
1: way way more against cocaine and like meth going in because if you think about like the people there like these like fucking russian ultra gangsters aren't gonna like murder people while they're nodding off on heroin like they're gonna, they would like do meth in the bathroom and then literally murder the people for the opposing team's fans.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a number of concerns. There's a number of problems about this, isn't there? One that no one in their right mind should ever be allowed to bring like fentanyl, <laughs> heroin, <laughs> cocaine. you get, I get. Like, I do get. I I understand weed. I completely oh, understand yeah. Yeah, why yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be allowed. And like I said, to an certain extent, other drugs as well. Heroin opioids cocaine, that's that's the danger zone, especially because
1: ridiculous.
0: what many people don't know is that and you need to verify this, you need to listen to a podcast called Say Why to Drugs, the cocaine episode. Because if you take cocaine with alcohol, it it does not just double your chances of immediate and instant death, it quadruples them. Oh
1: so my God
0: yeah that will f- it's your heart can't take it it shouldn't be you shouldn't do those two well, your things heart at your
1: heart can't take it unless you're really cool if you're really or cool russian. that or, or, or russian where you've been like where you you know w- wake up every morning and brush your teeth with vodka actually there's a song where the the i'm all right I, like just full disclosure i've had a couple of beers but th- there's a song by. Have you? I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell at all. <laughs> Rude. Uh, <laughs> there's a song by Kesha right where she starts off talking about someone brushing their teeth with fucking whiskey, and like that's what they are in Russia. But like, yeah, if you're really cool, you can do cocaine and, and alcohol, but otherwise, don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's but, um. Who's gonna actually have a prescription for cocaine?
1: Well, that's the question. Like, where are are we? Like. I think because, like, Sigmund Freud would, like, prescribe cocaine to people, right? Like, that was... He definitely did that. He was, like, like cocaine... If we're in the 19th century, like, the, you could get that shit over the counter. It's, like, it's a really good brain tonic that if you, like, just blow a couple of lines of cocaine... He, would li- he wrote about it all the time. So, like... And doctors would prescribe, you know, heroin. You wouldn't even have to get a prescription for it. You could just have it. But, like, doctors would write that shit. So, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe, like, Russia... Has really taken it all back all the way to, the, to that 19th century style, like, the where the brain – instead of, like, selling, like, sugar pills to, to, to idiots online, the people like Alex Jones or whatever are actually just hawking cocaine to people.
0: Well – you say Sigmund Freud, but he was also wrong about an incredible amount of things. Oh, and, no, um... I'm not saying that. <laughs> no, so no, I no. get that. I <laughs> get, yeah. You aren't backing him at all. But uh, <laughs> if, we, if we're going off this, um, he had he had a lot of issues. <laughs> he had a number of issues. So, uh, cocaine, it, it's, that's not something you get a prescription for, unfortunately, is it? That's out of the fucking <laughs> window. Heroin, I don't know who is prescribing heroin or Cro- crocodile which is the <laughs> industrial version of heroin or fentanyl which is the lethal version of pu- you know the pure opioid that will is sold under the guise of heroin that actually will kill you
1: yeah that so there are all these stories about fentanyl like that <laughs> everyone so there's this big there's been this big spike in the united states of uh of like opioid illnesses so it's like a big thing in, in Congress and all that shit, and that's all because of fentanyl. Like, people people are doing heroin forever, and the only reason – like, lots of people – like, people are – more people are, like, getting addicted, but the reason more people are dying is because of fentanyl. It's not because – like, yeah, they do OD on heroin maybe, but, like, if you, you know, are, are a normal, like, user, and then you get fentanyl, then you just fucking die, and it just – it's basically they, – they created it as – a patch do you know that? that it's this shit is so lethal that they had to like create instead of you can't take it as a pill you can't inject it obviously the way that they would dose you with fentanyl is by creating a patch like a fucking nicotine patch because it's so powerful that if it even touches your skin you know in the wrong dose that you can die
0: yeah it's like let's be honest right like you, you won't be allowed to fly from the u.s with a bag full of heroin into russia that's like not gonna happen um, <laughs> but it's going to be in the country and it's going to be legal in the country and it's it's going to rely for cocaine cannabis and amphetamines I mean, like, as well look, as morphine
1: yeah i mean like weed is actually legal in a chunk of the united states at this point that that's like the
0: so, yeah you could you could possibly fly yeah. Like that, that could be a loop you could find a loophole certainly for that
1: and like um, with, with with that like whatever like to be i mean i actually think i'd rather have people smoking weed in stadiums than like getting drunk and like beheading people like like they do or like in russia i mean like that's
0: absolutely
1: the spanish press like incidentally has been absolutely obsessed with the problem of the russian hooligans they are terrified about it and i don't i mean i don't really know what to deal how to deal with that because the spanish press is normally terrified about like incredibly stupid things but i actually think that the russian hooliganism is something to be terrified about like that is the genuinely fair fear that spanish people are going to get knifed while they're in in vladivostok or whatever
0: yeah it's uh it's also a very english fear as well because i think our confrontations with russians in uh in the last uh i believe it was the last european championships we had some quite hope high, high profile confrontations with, with Russian oh hooligans. Yeah, i
1: remember that yeah it was no <laughs> other
0: no other nation apparently had these it was just us and russians and um, so there's a lot of people in england who are actually looking forward to the world cup in russia especially Millwall war fans <laughs> uh, genuinely genuinely who are going to russia to uh, kick the shit out of russians well right so, and
1: and, like, what's cool, I mean, so now that you bring that, I know that we're like, there's, we have some topics, and I want to get the fun stuff out of the way first, because we, our second topic on the show is a little bit more grim, so we're, let's get the fun yes. stuff out now. Uh, the, the, the interesting thing that you, you bring that up, like, I, uh, one of the things that I remember as was a kid is, like, the English hooligan problem, and then, there was actually, like, this big and really concerted effort, right, to, like, kick that shit out. And generally, I think it was actually done really well at the top level uh, of English football, right? Like, for example, my experience of going to games in England has been universally positive. Whereas in Spain, when I was a 10-year-old, I got a bottle thrown at me while I was with my dad, uh because i was at the wrong part of the stadium at the atletico madrid stadium
0: yeah i think hooliganism in football had its peak and it had its obvious obvious lows and it had the obvious com- consequences I, I was at hillsborough the other day obviously where right. the disaster happened and to think you know 20 years ago you'd have been treated like cattle and you'd have been penned up because you were nothing you were seen to be nothing more than a frothing rabid you know violent animal um, I think life probably the way that we live and living standards probably killed hooliganism because if you think about it like I said to you I fair um, in England at the time you had like three day working week you had mind strikes you had industry being shut down left right and center you had economic crashes um, the only thing you could do was cheaply go to the football get drunk and beat the fuck out of someone that was the, like that's you, do, you didn't have playstation <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't have anything. You didn't even, you know, you, you didn't have much friends. You didn't have a lot going for you. It was either, A, this is going to be quite dark, but you can see it in quite a lot of films and art produced at the time. It's, A, I'm going go to the football, I'm gonna get drunk, go to the football and beat someone up, or I'm probably going to kill myself. <laughs> Stuff like, it's, it's, it's just because it's like you lost your job, you had nothing. So all you have is this small connection to a football club and people are being violent to you, so you're going to be violent back. Right. But it's not excusing any violent behavior at all. Um but there's definitely reasons for it. And I think the combination of how they built stadiums into all seater stadiums and um, they kind of decreased segregation uh, whilst treating segregation smartly in some yeah. instances.
1: But also having to write extremely no tolerance policies. Really what I what I was mentioning, like yeah. it took a, Spain a lot longer to kick the Nazis out of their stadiums than it did England.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I think you do you do see those like lackadaisical attitudes to it on, especially on the continent where they're kind of very happy for far right organisations to almost take control of football clubs just because it's bringing ticket sales in, right? Um, like Russia, Poland, especially especially Eastern. Right, that, and see, that's why I think everyone definitely. is like
1: freaked out about the Russia situation. But you're right. I mean, like I don't want to underplay the fact that. I I actually really do agree that one of the reasons that we don't have as much violence in stadiums, uh, is that people don't feel as like economically and and culturally just abandoned and, and hopeless and destitute. Uh, I actually think that one of the reasons we've seen a little bit more absolute violence and and, and nonsense in this country. So the United States, I've never felt uh, nervous going to any sporting event until rather recently. And it's because, like, I think it's kind of that those attitudes are kind of coming back because of the kind of destitute nightmare that a lot of people are living in where they actually do work six days a week. They don't have any time to, to express themselves or really have a life other than, like, Sundays when the only thing in their life is their American football team. And then, like, the, oh, no, suddenly, like, the players, right? We The first thing that we talked about with you, James, remember, like the first podcast you were on with us, we talked about people protesting and like how, you know, politics and soccer or in politics and sport do like half necessarily interact. Well, these people, like their lives are so broken and and sad that if on top of all of that, the one thing that they look forward to every week is making them sad and making them, you know, reminding them of all the other things in their life that they don't like, that they're going to go nuts. And like, we've had people just get the shit kicked out of them. And, like, there's a there's a fight almost every American football game now.
0: Yeah, it's like you are reaching that period of critical mass where nothing is going right, like, at all. It's not like you like, – I can go to Aston Villa, I can see my team get beat 6 now and I'll be really happy. Yeah, you know, I can go home, I can be in my house, I can work, you know, as much as I like, I can earn what I want. But, you know, you have certain restrictions placed on you, you have certain – you know you don't know if you're going to go to a event or school you don't, you, you know. don't even know if you're going to come out of it you know right. what i mean it's like you have so much it's generally paranoia fear uh, not from just the government or above it's from each other yeah like you don't you generally i feel like when i was in america i went to new york a few years ago and you do have loads of a community spirit and you do have all of that but then there's also when when the anger sets in, the paranoia sets in from the side, and you're looking—you know—you're looking over your shoulder, yeah. constantly. And that's not—that's not like a healthy attitude to have. <laughs> after, it really keep you alive, not. yeah. Like, well, it'll certainly keep you alive, but it's like you—you you are more in—you—you you train yourself to you get you back up and you get angry and you go aggressive quicker, right? And that—that's how it all—that's how, how it all starts until you know it becomes a group thing then, and that's how we get hooliganism and stuff like. It's just pure aggr- bottled segregation and aggression in right. Like, it's a, so that spins down from there
1: it does lead to people that aren't in the fight having pretty funny you know stories speaking like and that's a that's a dumb like transition or a dumb opening for me to tell the funniest um thing that i was third party witness to at a sporting event where um so anyone who's american is listening to this is going to know exactly uh why 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 this is funny but So, I was at a Philadelphia Eagles game with my cousin and uncle, who are both from Philly. Um, Philly fans. (laughs) Yeah, I know where this is going the second you said Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. The, I mean, so, okay, and, and su- super ridiculous aside, people that watched the Super Bowl, there was a Energizer battery commercial where, like, Energizer was talking and thanking the Philadelphia fans, and I'm pretty sure that's because the Philadelphia fans are famous for whipping batteries at people. Like, that's, like, yeah. why they're doing that, so, uh, but yeah, so in, in mine, like, we were in... Um, like it was in late November, maybe around Thanksgiving time in the United States. So we went to a football game and I was <laughs> witnessed this dude in a Santa outfit, uh, uh, take a swing at a drunk woman who was wearing a Michael a uh, uh, Philadelphia. I want to say Michael Vick jersey and then fall down some stairs vomit and then and then, and then take a huge, huge swig out of a flask that he stashed in his Santa costume. That is it's just Yeah. That's just
0: perfect, isn't I mean, it? It's, it's, almost I, it's, it's 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 obviously not good, but it it's, it's almost, like, almost like
2: Renaissance
0: art. <laughs> exactly. How much it captures
1: like Goya eating his child. Like yeah, you don't like want that to happen. But also like it's beautiful and like there's so much being conveyed by the there's portrait. Depth.
0: It's obviously horrific, but there's just depth in a real a real narrative being being told to you. But, so yeah. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible.
1: <laughs> so um we have uh I I wanted to continue to just finish up a little bit with this um with the with the Russia stuff because, <laughs> because I you know, if you read through this because at first it feels a little clickbaity, like oh they found like some fake thing, like this isn't really a thing, blah blah. blah. But I encourage you to like actually read this article because uh, you, the listener, I mean I know you did, but uh, because they actually like quote a number of different Russian uh, bodies talking about the different you know ways that, that they're going to deal with some of these issues, and so it's, it it quickly becomes clear that this isn't just uh, not you know fake it's something that they've actually spent some a significant amount of time thinking about and how to how to deal with the fact that they know that people are are going to be bringing hard drugs into their stadiums <laughs>
0: uh, it's, i just can't believe that it's, it's just a the thing they they think is good <laughs> not that like, this is okay
1: it's totally regular uh, normal country uh totally cool I mean, and then so Putin is up for election. FYI, everyone, uh, not that that's really in doubt, but he's you know he's up for his election. His his closing argument speech to the nation, he said, uh, "We're <laughs> we're going to do social programs. Also, I'm going to deploy drones to monitor people during the World Cup."
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, it's a very it's going to be a very Vladimir Putin summer isn't it
1: regular country with regular uh regular event normal guys it's all fine uh so uh sorry so with that we um we're going to talk about oh actually you know I did want to so there's another topic that I did want to get to quickly um because we're waiting for Evan to see if maybe he wants to pop in for the um the kind of more in-depth reason that we wanted to chat with James today. The, the big uh, one. Yeah. Uh, the, the second one I want to talk about, there are two things. So um, shout out to whoever reminded me that back in the, in the mid-2000s, early aughts, Aledico Madrid signed a kit sponsorship deal with Paramount Pictures and had a rotating kit sponsor where every different month they had a different movie that they put on the front of their kit, which is...
0: Oh, shit, yeah, I've seen that. That's that's with Spider-Man 2 and Tobey Maguire on the yeah,
1: back. Yeah, Toby oh McGuire, yeah. Tobey Maguire... Yeah, Tobey Maguire came to Spain and did a promotional photo shoot in the jersey.
0: I think... Uh, I don't know. This doesn't strike me as the best idea. <laughs> Does it doesn't. <laughs> um, I, I saw those kits and I saw that the, like, you put it in the outline. I was actually going to bring it up. How, how the Spider-Man 2 one struck me spe- specifically because I, it, it, Toby Maguire, with Kirsten Dunst, of course, holding up an Atletico Madrid shirt. I mean, it was a
1: pretty <laughs> dope kit, actually. If you go and look at the, the actual Spider-Man 2 kit like it it actually was just their, there you know a a blue Nike jersey with uh a spider web pattern on it, which is actually pretty dope for you know the way that all these different kits are basically the same bullshit, but no, I mean like the ones that were i mean it was it's amazing like if you go and look at it, it's like you <laughs> the funniest one obviously is triple x two like obviously. I don't know. Did you watch There's that? There's
0: a lot to take in with that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, I have yeah.
0: actually never seen any of the Triple X films. and I feel incredibly lame Xander Cage that. <laughs> <Triple> <laughs> X- Is that Xander Cage Vin- as Vin Diesel? I've never seen that's
1: it. That's Vin Diesel, dude. Yeah, that's Vin Diesel playing, uh, yeah, Xander Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. Um, so we have images here. Triple X to Hellboy. Hellboy, oh, good movie.
0: Man, insane. That's an insane sponsorship. Yeah. <laughs> Did they, they did they make different kits for each? Well, that's what film. I'm saying.
1: That's the whole that's point of this. They have really different kits. Really hard work? I know. I know. And you you get the sense that probably that didn't like actually make any sense economically, but I kind of want all of them. Like I want them to be on my wall. Like it'd be actually really cool to have every different kit from that jersey if I if I didn't have to pay for it. I would want that. Like that's actually really cool that they did that.
0: What film, you know, if so, I know you support uh, Real Madrid. What film would you want to sponsor Real Madrid? What would uh, be the perfect film?
1: It's a really good question. It's a re- <laughs> the Oh yeah, no, I got it. It's um Death Wish, the one we were like we were talking about earlier. Death Wish. Yeah, that one um where Bruce Willis. Oh, no, no, even better, even better. Uh uh uh, Rocky Four.
0: That's even as even Drago. Are you, is that the one? <laughs> that one. Perfect, perfect. Um, <laughs> I think I'd have the Star Wars, the original Star Wars trilogy. But it, you know, you got the Home Kit, the Away Kit, and the third chain strip. Ooh. So you got each of those films plastered across
1: that's really well i didn't even think about like whether it would look cool or not i just thought like what's the funniest (laughs) like dumbest thing that i could put on there but like if you're talking about like cool looks i actually think that's a really cool idea like if you because you do have three right and then you would put the stupidest one uh at as your third kit too yeah you would maybe the
0: the the cool coolest one because you know there's a lot of them third chain strips
1: it's true. I I always like those as the other than like a couple of years. Those are almost always my favorite. Yeah. Uh so it does not appear that Evan is going to be able to get off work to join us. So it means that we get to dive into a uh a little bit more of a serious conversation, but at least one that um I've been I've been kind of skirting around the edges of and, and reading a little bit about and part of it is because James um, I don't think I really understood the full scope of it and so what we're talking about today um, after that literally forty minutes of shooting the shit about nonsense um, we're talking uh, now about the uh, child sex abuse scandal that's been sort of rocking the British press in particular the. Uh, uh, the Crew Alexandra saga. So why don't you, I mean, like, if you could just kind of brief everyone about where we are on that.
0: Um, So Crew Alexandra, a club from north part of Staffordshire, from Crew, a famous industrial town, famous for railways. Um, It was firstly alleged that one of the most high-profile youth coaches, Barry Bennell, was abusing children it it became well known almost you know crew there there was a lot of innuendo and rumor about crew they were actually called you know their youth team were called the pedophile lads at one point due to the fact that everyone knew subliminally that they were they were being abused wait is that true that's yeah that's true Uh, i didn't even know that this was it was a, a dark secret that barry bennell was abusing children at QPR, this was in the early 90s, in the early 80s, uh, in the late 70s. It, it was a sustained period of abuse that we we need, we now know. Um, what we're also discovering is that there was a possible, and now this is definitely, as I have to say, alleged, we don't know, right. um, that there was possibly a cover-up involving every single high-profile member of the board and staff at Crew Alexandra to protect Benel. Um, so yeah, we found out, well, everyone knew, this is the horrifying thing, everyone knew that this was happening, but it was only exposed in an interview, Daniel Taylor, excellent journalist from the Guardian, I've, I've sent you a number of links to the stories he wrote, um, he interviewed a former crew player, Andy Woodward, who testified that he'd been raped hundreds and hundreds of times by, uh, Barry Bennell, so. Right. That's so- when people came out and contacted the police and this... Finally, got almost put to bed, but he actually opened up a whole can of worms.
1: Yeah, anyway. I mean, as as these sagas do, right? They um um. So we actually might be about to be joined by Evan, but as as these sagas go, this is kind of the way that it uh that it tends to unfold, right? Where you have uh, one or a couple allegations and and a lot of rumor leading up to them, and then suddenly someone finally has has the courage, right? And like, it really is a huge amount of courage that goes into to reporting. This is the true about all the different, you know, sagas in the me too movement. But I think instead of, I mean, and, and I, I don't want to equate it with the me too movement because to be quite frank, this is more like the uh, Joe Paterno sca- uh, 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 scandal in the United States, because it's not so much a uh, about, you know, the, the sexual harassment of, of women in the workplace, which obviously is, is a, incredibly you know horrible horrifying thing and I'm you know extremely in in favor of what's going on now with the the me too movement and all that but it's just it's hard to equate that with um with with this which is a uh basically right a institutionally accepted child rape ring uh where a man was basically the, the the systematic, right, rape and psychological torture of children was just swept under the rug for years. And it wasn't just at Crew, right? To be fair, allegedly, excuse me, it wasn't just there where it was swept under the rug. It was a lot of different clubs over the years where this guy just went from, from club to club moving on, right? Or, or am I wrong that, that, that he did? My, my understanding was he also, this, this guy also had ties to a number of other clubs.
0: Yeah, the worst thing you know move aside all the, the, the disgusting things that he, he performed and the monstrous acts that he committed um and i think we should like probably say tri- definite trigger warning at this point oh, shit. Yeah, um, you're right it's it's, it's it's gonna get bad it's, it's gonna,
1: gonna get badder. yeah it's gonna be a, it, it get worse um
0: so apologies no no um we'll, we'll go into it um the one of the worst things that the, you know the club did this was crew alexandra and um, was Bennell was allowed to move on to a different club after he worked at Crew. He actually went to work at my, I believe Manchester City. That's
1: what I that's um, my understanding as well, yeah.
0: Recommended now, the chairman recommended um that as long as Bennell was not left alone with boys and was not stopped from arranging overnight to that he could continue his work. And I, I, that's very, very much sweeping, I and mean, well, that's not just the worst thing. When he went on to a different, I think he went on to head up like a, a, the complete recruitment for a like a youth team in the local area. Um, when they asked for a reference, it came back clean.
1: No way, that's yeah. horrifying. And, yeah, I mean that, and so that's. I think that what what's what's worth what, worth discussing now is I think because. To be quite frank, like it's it's hard to imagine why this kind of thing would happen, except unless you understand kind of the cultural uh, norms and the kind of the way that everything functioned. Not again, not excusing this, right? This is the systematic rape of children, right? So this is no one is trying to is saying this is good or dis, uh, understandable or uh, justifying morally, right? The way that not just this you know horrible uh, psychopath, you know existed right but like the people uh, in the clubs themselves have horrible and in unfixable stains on their on their lives that they they have done right like the people that would move him along after knowing about this stuff right but the the general as you were saying we mentioned a little bit earlier like the general kind of cultural moment lent itself a little bit to not not a culture of brushing literal child rape under the rug but more a culture of let's not really get into this like we need to like this is kind of the only thing we have going
0: yeah and i mean i'm almost happy to say it's a norm because look if you look at it 839 victims have come out about this stuff not just related to Benel, this is of course across england right? and three hundred and four, over 330 clubs have been named you know football clubs in england Two, over 2,000 individual incidents. It's this hard. was a norm. This wasn't normal, you it, know.
1: It's horrifying. I mean, it, it, it's hor- It's absolutely horrifying. And we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how, like, you know, my dad has, has memories of, of being just totally, systematically abused and beat up by, you know, the the government in, in fascist Spain. Uh, but, like, this is basically i mean on some level this is this is even worse where you have this uh, almost a norm of (laughs) a societal agreement that we're gonna kind of look the other way when you know these 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 people fuck kids i mean like that's fundamentally what was what what appears to have been going on and like and and you know this is it's it's really horrifying and it gets back to this, and the reason this is that we're talking about this is that this is all coming out more now, right, in the wake of some of the other big scandals, we're hearing more and more about people being willing, you're really courageous people and people that probably didn't feel like they'd ever be able to talk about that because they never thought, especially when they were kids, that they would ever be able to come forward I mean these heartbreaking stories about these people who who thought like this is This is something i I have to keep to myself and pretend never happened because I don't know uh you know if I can even manage like manage to- you know to to keep this this veneer of of playing football up, it's great that they're all coming forward now and they're all real real heroes and courageous that we're talking about it, but we're talking about it because it's all happening after a couple of people started talking about a couple uh uh abusers,
0: yeah of course like you said this is this was all known like when a team would go and play like the crew alexandra youth team they'd be nicknamed the pedophile lads like it's almost like a joke it's just it's it's almost it, it's it's just so, so completely unacceptable that and now this is a really weird thing um dario gradi is the legendary manager of crew alexandra the one man who has made that club relevant um well known for youth development, well known for managing the club for a, a vast a huge amount of time. Um he hasn't no he hasn't been convicted of anything. No one's come out against him and said right. hey, he was he, complicit in these activities. But he is a man who has been connected to Benel throughout his career. He's the man who brought Benel to crew. And there was an incident of him, you know, allegedly showing kids pornography. 13 you know, year boys pornography and stuff like that,
3: that um, was... he's
0: been I think he's been suspended by crew um. but it's just even with all these figures dropping like flies you know Grady seems to be no longer involved Bennell's obviously arrested long gone but the board I believe the same board is still there the same chairman and I, you heard the audio they had they had to have a meeting the other day with their fans and the press and of course it was quote unquote about football issues but people were asking about hey what's going to happen with all this stuff are we going to come is the club going to come out in front of this and make make things right and i think you can carry on with that really can't you you know what (laughs) happened there um it wasn't good
1: yeah so i'm going to roll the um audio in a second but let me let me just quickly uh of that board meeting because it's chilling uh but let me let me um let me quickly just read about what happened here because it's, it's indicative of the culture of kind of, I mean, and and we'll talk a little more about this one, you know, in a second, but like it's indicative of the culture in these institutions of just, uh, sweeping this kind of stuff under the rug and protecting themselves and not just protecting them. Like they're not really protecting the club. They're protecting their jobs and these, these people that they've worked with and, and whatnot. So the, the, Grady, right? He he was accused. Uh, he's been, you know, I, you know, suspended. He's been connected to this sex crime, uh, Benel and 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 whatnot. This this serial child rapist, uh, and and that was relatively well known even when this this incident occurred. Apparently, so he, here's 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 the quote from from the Telegraph report: A former crew employee has claimed he was asked by a senior official at the club to help remove the material. Uh, so, ch- a pornography uh, uh, from Dario Gradi's computer. According to a statement given to the NSPCC in 2011, the man, sorry, let's be clear, in 2011, the man was told that Gradi, at the time cruz's manager, had been hosting a group of young Irish under 13 players at his house, and that they had been viewing the pornography on his computer. Uh, this was in 2001. And let's be clear, right? Benel... Uh, was convicted of child sex crimes in 1994 and 1998. So, this is years after, right, he had been uh, convicted of raping children. And so, in 2001, they, instead of saying, hey, like maybe we shouldn't be showing porn, right, and having this horrifying shit going down, they're saying we just need to delete it and pretend it didn't happen.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's completely acceptable to say, hey, these kids did go on his computer and I viewed it myself completely right. acceptable to say that. However, the club with the history it has should go to any length to prevent that from happening. A situation right. where a kid's are alone in a gentleman's house and he's not you know he's not related to them, like that's gonna make a difference in some cases. But you know, they're they're alone in the house, there's you know, sexual material involved. It's not something that the club should have happening at all after Bennell. Right. You know, if you know, there's no excuse for it, and it it does make you. Th- it really does make you think to the extent that Grady knew about any of this, or whether he was involved at all in any of this, if he was ignoring anything, or just allowing things to continue. And one really sour patch of irony is the fact that Crew Alexandra are an incredibly, incredibly gifted club at developing youth players. If you're a Cre Alexandra player, chances are you're going to end up in the Premier League. You know, you know th- th- there's no no joke about it.
1: Right they they have a they have a history of uh, of developing a number of of a very famous former you know, and not just in the Premier League. They they ended up playing for England, right? Like this is not, yeah, this is like um um Ajax, except for like if they if Ajax were actually like a, a second division team, right? Like this is a team that like. Yo, uh, uh, this kid, right back in the day, um, in this article he was talking about um, this. This guy uh, chose Crew Alexandra over uh, United and a couple other teams that were interested in or Tottenham, I think it was, uh, because of Crew's fa- being famous for right focusing on youth league and 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 children, and like it's pretty horrifying to think that that's what they. Uh, yeah, you know, what they were doing. So I'm going to bring Evan in now. So this is Gabe. I just wanted to apologize because we had some corrupted audio files. <clears throat> and so I'm I'm putting this chunk in after the fact, um, just to explain what went on here. James and Evan and I discussed briefly um, how... The Crew Alexandra fans reacted when uh, some of this stuff came out and how they kind of rallied around their unbelievably shitty and arguably criminal board of directors. And we also are discussing um, this uh, clip from the BBC, which I'm going to play for you now. And then you'll hear us um, come back in because uh, I was able to save some of the file.
2: I want to ask one question, if you just
3: bear out with me to hear the question on behalf of the BBC whatever response you want to uh, make to it about allegations that were made over a delicate uh, few weeks by Hamilton Smith, of course himself a former Crowley's under-director at the time that uh, Barry Benell was employed as a youth coach at the football club. And some of the existing members of the current board were also made aware of a problem with Barry, and he was still allowed to stay on... Alex, is, it in, the is it in employment. If got anything to say on that, I know you've answered what you want to say to the gentleman before. Is
2: there anything to add? No, no
0: at okay. all. <laughs> Incredibly hard thing to do as well because it's not like you're just you know you're from New York. If the Giants do something bad, you can just go to baseball. You know, you have a completely, you have a massive sport, a massive team to follow. If you're in crew, all you have is crew Alexandra. So to make the choice to abandon them is, it's not just abandoning a football team; it's abandoning a large part of your your formative identity and a big tie to you know your place of birth and your hometown. So it, it's almost it just you know, despite the horrific crimes, it's also a very difficult and it's almost it's almost like tearing your soul apart. And that that is very clear in that article as well.
1: Right, and so the last the last paragraph here, right? is this uh, lifelong Cruel Alexander fan, seventies <laughs> blogger version of, of basically a seventies version of us. You know, he and he says the media are simply shining torches into the darkness. If the club's board has any shred of morality left, it should turn on the floodlights and flush out the truth. Thanks for the memories, but they are now forever tainted. And you know what? fair. And that's actually in my view. And I was telling James is at the, at the beginning of this show, Evan, uh, in my view, that's the right uh, way to feel like, unfortunately, and, and the people that, to, that you should be angry at as a fan are not just right. The, the people that did this horrible thing. They're the people that on top of all of that, right. Uh, on top of all of this horrible shit, they're the people that tried to hide it. And the people that are partially responsible for all of this are are still in power. And, and the people, you should be angry at all of them, not just at the guy who did all this stuff, but the people who enabled it, right? And the people who have resulted in you having tainted memories. Like you have these happy childhood memories that you now, not, it's not that you lost those memories or those feelings, but you now have to look back on them with a certain level of, you know, uh, uh, questionable, like, you know, thoughts in your head where you have to say, well, yeah, that was great. But at the same time I was rooting for this team that was enabling child rapists.
4: Yeah. And I think that's the important point, right? Is like the, the underlying crime is horrific, but it by itself doesn't necessarily cause the taint and, and, you know, cause you to, you know, have to, you know, step separate yourself from the, club of your childhood. It's the fact that the club was a participant in it, right? So if they had just been open and, you know, and gotten rid of this guy and, you know, done the right thing in the first place, then, you know, there's no problem. The problem here is them using their power uh, as an institution to try to shield him. That, you know, that's the issue um, and why it's, you know, it's two separate concerns here. One, the obviously underlying horrific crime, and then second, the club's culpability. And it's that second part that, the fans have to come to terms with,
1: right? And the, James... whole,
0: the whole thing wasn't great at all. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that can be that can be said. It's just there's so much. I, I to be a fan of that club right now must be incredibly difficult. Um, of course, it's nothing like being a victim of a crime. But then again, you are all of a sudden forced into this this uncomfortable place where you 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 never really wanted to be. But I guess that goes for any anyone who was victim. You know, was a victim of Barry Bennell. Right.
4: Well, no, in, they, the, in, in the U.S., there's kind of the sports leagues sort of have a mechanism for this. And We saw it in the Don Sterling episode. The because of the single entity structure, the sports leagues can just force a sale. And you know, in in I could imagine a scenario like this where the sports leagues, you know, where NBA or NFL would force a sale, and and that allows the club and the fans to have something of a new start. Right? They can say, you know, they were bad, but we've got a new start with new management who's not associated with this. But it's a little more complicated than that. I think with Um, individual entity you know football clubs it's just harder to see how you you know
1: transition and move forward yeah that's that's exactly my feeling it's but it's also like it's interrelated with this whole um, understanding of how we kind of structure our relationships with these things and and as we were talking about earlier james like this is you know on some level the one of the most important relationships that you have in your life is with your your especially at that period right uh, of of Eng- you know of english history and and right now in the united states also right this, the relationship you have with your sports team right if you're a big sports fan uh is actually incredibly important and to there it, it, there is a lot of like human nature in trying to reject things and 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 facts that complicate or even you're threatened or any of these things, your, your relationship, right. With this, this thing that you've built so much and you, you've poured so much emotional energy into, right. Like if you, I mean, if you imagine like as a Penn state fan, that's, and I keep coming back to that because I know a couple, in fact, Evan Ernesto is, uh, went to Penn state, but yeah. And I'd be very interested. We may, we may ask him about this, although (laughs) I'm not sure how much more, uh, we need to get into it, but uh, as a Penn State fan, like this thing that you this this group this team that you've poured so much of your life into, uh, losing that and because it's not moral exactly, but it is a little bit this feeling of this is who I am. So when people tell me that my program my team is done something immoral, it's almost like you're attacking me personally, and I think that's sort of what's going on.
0: Yeah, I think that's completely, completely what it it is, because people, the parents of uh, children who were, you know, I I can't even say molested because it's a lie. They were were raped by the serial rapist, Barry Bennell, in in the employment of crew, Alexandra. Um, They went at extreme lengths to trust him. When he moved to Atlanta over over in your country, the United States, um, to kind of get away from the accusations, Parents wanted to join him with their children, almost like a cult. Um, they even set up like a Barry Bennell trust or a friends of Barry Bennell fund um, when he was first arrested in Florida for for his crimes to pay his legal costs. That's horrifying. Um, he actually, and Bennell doesn't escape from this scot-free, of course, um, to show the extent of the man, what he is. He wrote to the parents of the kids he'd raped um asking them to remortgage their homes to pay for reserve let's costs say. um one boy's grandparents actually gave up 6 grand of life savings jesus yeah
1: it's i mean he's a psychopath like this is this is the actions of a i mean let's be clear we're i mean this is horrible and horrifying and everything about him is 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 terrible And this is all terrible, but this this is uh, these are the actions not just of a a serial rapist, but also of a serial killer. Like, on some level, we're lucky that he didn't murder all these people. Like, if you are the kind of person that can rape someone, rape a child, and then write to his parents to ask them to mortgage their house for you, you're absolutely capable of murder, right? Of murdering that child.
0: What's insane as well is, look after all of this, after everything was done. After he'd been, you know, blackmailed, not he's not even blackmailed. The, the people gave money straight to him.
1: <laughs> Fine.
0: Um, he was under orders to keep away from children, but he got caught filming a team of under eleven kids in Jacksonville, in Florida. Um, so the the guy never lo- like what lesson is there to learn for him? Really? Um, it's like don't do what you're doing. Of course you don't do what he's doing. It, it's it's a right a black morbid crime against humanity right to be to be frank um, it's not the, dude, right. the dude never learned the dude never learned the lesson and what's even you know i keep saying what's worse because it keeps getting worse he would happily go to players he'd raped hundreds of times when they are developed into you know grown grown adult men with great careers he'd go up to them he'd find them and go say to them you know you've turned into a great player jesus well done well done <laughs> that's it's just just, boy, you can't
1: I can't even comprehend that I mean it's that that is genuinely horrifying actually uh in the in one of the articles that we we can link to here we we actually have a story about him writing to one of the people that he'd raped over and over again asking for money saying like send me like I'm oh yeah do you mind like I've I've got some legal issues I can you send me money like can you like the I don't I just I can't like, I, I just can't comprehend it. I mean, and the scale of of the scandal, and like, Evan, I don't know if you heard this, but earlier James was explaining the scale of the scandal has exploded since, which, which, you know, and expanded to, what, 300 plus actual teams, not just uh, uh, individual players or incidents, right?
0: It's, it's, it, I, I can't, I don't get over it because um, what, what's, what's, really odd about it is that he's not the general you don't look at this guy and you think pedophile you shouldn't look at someone and think pedophile but he looked really cool he insisted on his name being spout on the back of his shirt with a brazilian accent to be like Pele. you know all <laughs> all the moms and sisters wanting to like fuck him but he was attractive he was popular he'd drive a really cool car and then he's got a hive of children at his address with hundreds Jesus. of game consoles. <laughs> <laughs> I can't deal with this.
1: Fucking... Uh, and um,
0: one, of the, one of the saddest things, of course, um, um, I'm not sure you, if you guys are familiar with Gary Speed, but he's an incredibly popular footballer, yeah, yeah, yeah. or was, unfortunately, until he suicide in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of Barry Bennell's quote-unquote favourites, and it was alleged that... Um, he was abused or raped multiple times. Um, of course, we'll, we will never know the truth. But at least two other players, coached by or killed themselves. Jesus. Yeah, it, it it doesn't get any better. Unfortunately, and it still doesn't. You know, even with Or being convicted, with even with it seeming and you know seemingly ended, well, does it ever end?
1: Right. That's, um, the, that's the club
0: the... is the club is struggling to to bury to come in front of this issue. It's refusing to. To do anything.
1: Right. And so that, I mean, I think that's a, a good bookend of the story, which is like this is this type of crime, sexual harassment and then, you know, rape is a type of crime that lingers. And it's not a thing that you can just end by, or, or you can just like end all the results of by capturing and incarcerating the person, just like any other real, like horrible, tortur- torturous, emotional crime you know, this is obviously emotional, physical, but whatever, right? Like you don't get closure by this because of the way the institutional structures respond to try to protect themselves. You know, this is a, this is a thing that's going to linger around this club, just like it is in Penn state, just like, you know, a couple other, like all the other places this happens for a long time. And there, there's also, you know, this weird and very unpleasant media ecosystem that, has and and will continue and probably get worse over time that popped up that that will try to discredit this these allegations and this stuff and they they i mean like you actually hear crew alexandra fans talking about fake news
0: yeah uh that, that's the most disgusting thing because you you know there's an a the massive article by daniel taylor taylor on the guardian it's incredible and it really you know don't go into it if it's going to upset you. It will upset you, but some of the things this man was capable of, some of the crimes, it, it's described uh, by the prosecution as child molester on an industrial scale. Um, and I think that says it all, really. Yeah. Uh, the, they didn't deal with it, frankly. Um, sir, even Sir Alex Ferguson, the most high-profile person in you know English football with no connection to crew and no connection to Ben or... Beno turned up at a Manchester United training session, allegedly, and Alex Ferguson told him straight to fuck off. Like, everyone knew, and crew, the one person to do anything, you know, the one club who had to to bury the man. Alex Ferguson can't bury the man. Alex Ferguson can't call the police. Right. Because no one's going to do anything. Crew Alexandra could have buried him, and they didn't.
1: Yeah. So. So, I think that's a good, good, I mean... (laughs) This is this is a story that's not gonna end just because of as we described all the reasons, but I think that's as good a place as any for us to to end our our look into it. And what I can say, just, just as a bookend on on this side, you know, of the Atlantic, uh the there is a program that has seem seems to have done, you know, a terrible thing and and done a similar way of like enabling or at least looking the other way when someone does that, but when it came to light, instead of what has happened, you know, over there in Crewe and what happened in Penn State, there was a absolute mass purge and a total reset, which is at Michigan State, where they had this guy who was serially abusing the female gymnastics team. Uh, and they he was exposed. And then it t- came out that, you know, it was possible that people would have known about it. But what ended up happening is absolutely everyone lost their job. Uh, and uh, were appropriately, I mean, like, apologetic. Like, they they have this stain on their conscience for the rest of their lives. But instead of circling the wagons, they dealt with it in at least as moral a way as you can uh, for an institution. I mean, not the people involved, but the institution generally, when when it was more widely known. So that, I think, is the way... Forward, if you like, <laughs> to deal with that. If you if you have something like that, so I don't know, Evan, if you have any any. Goods. Yeah, I
4: mean, I mean, I think that that ultimately was as good as you could do I think that went all the way up to the university president right, in the yeah. end, uh, lost her job, and you know did there and there were and here's the thing: there were no real allegations that she knew personally, but it was more about just accountability throughout the organization. That you know, if you've created a type of organization where that type of mentality is allowed then you have failed even if you didn't personally know and so she took responsibility and resigned and and that's the yeah that's not what we're getting in this story right now um but that's what that's what fans should be asking for that's how you can stick with your club but still right. move on is when that's they take right. responsibility and are accountable for what happened um the, that's the least that they can do
1: Yes, I agree with that um James, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for the extremely fun uh hour or so of the show we recorded before this and then thank you for being you know so uh uh you know willing to engage with us on this very very grim topic it's you know it's, it's fascinating and 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 really worth worth discussing on on a public forum and and bringing up Because, you know, the otherwise, like, we're just, we're not, we're, we're, uh, you know, on some level as journalists and as people who consume media, turning the other, turning ourselves away. And it's, it's worth getting into stuff like this. So I appreciate you coming on and having this tough conversation with us.
0: Uh, No problem. Of course, uh, anyone who's interested uh, needs to hit the Guardian page up straight because they've done some fantastic journalism on it. They've brought the stories. And yeah, I hope this does end with Karel Alexandra being taken back and turned into the positive club it can be, with the youth academy it can have, because mm-hmm. God knows there's, <laughs> that community probably needs it yeah. um, more than anyone. And yeah. uh, I hope if you are defending Karel Alexandra, that you you know don't do that anymore, <laughs> because it's 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 only going to break your heart even more defending yeah. that darkness. You can't.
1: Yeah, James, do you have anything you want to plug? before uh, we uh, log off
0: <laughs> you can you can follow my writing at 7500 to halt and every sunday we have an aston villa podcast so if you're looking for a football club to join <laughs> do that
1: yeah villa man awesome. also villa if you want to fly out a couple of american fans to go to an away game or come to a home game like we're here we're out as always, we said always willing always down uh james thank you so much for coming on the show
0: no problem thank you both for having me
1: yeah and next week man Bye. catch you later
3: imagine it never happened imagine no rapping imagine niggas trapped imagine and have an action imagine how these niggas could be acting if we never got this shit cracked Imagine life so hard, you can't imagine it's like living in the city of God, you feel me? Imagine life from the yard, trying to get that dollar on some shitty ass job Imagine Biggie with his son, imagine Pop getting called Pop by one Imagine a mother struggling, dealing with a system that don't give a fuck about who shot her son Imagine life where you can't win When you get out the ghetto and go right to the pen When you get out the pen, you go right to the gin So if you get back to the streets, you go right back in Imagine Russell still struggling No Death Jam, just another nigga hustling And ain't no rocks on them fellas, just rocks on them fellas Just trying to keep it bubbling Imagine niggas just stuck From the east to the west coast, everybody fucked up I can't imagine no less, but it don't take imagination To know niggas been blessed with hip-hop
2: go, can you imagine? can you imagine? Hang a picture in the sky, can you imagine? Oh, baby, I'm
5: can you imagine being lit up by some hot shells? Imagine being tossed around and put in jail. Imagine life when you can't get from under. Imagine niggas at you when you done for. Remember how they asked you what you run for and treat you like a bitch when they kick you in your dick and take your shit. Reacting like they hate to see you gun ho. But just imagine if the rabbit got the gun, no. But you already know. Imagine niggas in the LBC. Felt just like Snoop Dogg and DRE, and felt just like the niggas in the 2-1-3. Then imagine that's what's coming when you fucking with me. Imagine you was up on top of this shit. Imagine if the bitches could stay off this dick. I mean imagine we said, fuck this shit. Imagine if my niggas got together and tow up this bitch. Yeah. You can't imagine growing up in jail dumb. Happy just to be alive, watching all your people run. But you imagine growing up to sell you 50 million records worldwide or fucking off somebody soon Imagine if these niggas never saw a color Would it be peaceful in them streets where niggas kill each other? All the drunk fool get his pissed on balls Keep fucking off my niggas, they gon' murder us all Imagine that
3: In the name of God, the Beneficent, the Merciful, the one God to whom all praises due, regardless of land, label, of title, no matter what name you call God by, whenever life seems hard, everybody know that you must talk to God.